Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on mechanics from Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I'm your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hi, I'm Janae. I play Carmilla, Countess Karnstein. Carmilla has made it to our town here with the help of two very amicable young vampires and finally met Gonzo, the love of her life, and finds out that she's not who she seemed to be. Oh, the humanity. Hi, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein. And last time on Dean Dark, myself and the gang goes back to Stratford. We see our old friend Carmilla. We also meet some of the angstiest vampires ever. And I was really trying to play some sort of uh, Black Parade joke, but couldn't find the opening for it. <laughs> and then we also saw that uh, our friend in the biggest quotation marks possible, Marlo Bronte is having some trouble with his boyfriend a question mark i'm guessing husband i don't know those guys are essentially in the trouble with gonzo and we're trying to say hey we have this revenant hunting us we're here to help out carmilla and of course plot twist gonzo is the revenant vordenberg and our evil doppelgangers from the creepy mirror we saw at marlo's mansion have come out of nowhere so it's time for a fight my name is jordan and i play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. A good boy. <laughs> Last time, not much happened with Larry, but at the very end, he helped suss out who the traitor in our midst was with the help of Emotep. And then all of a sudden, over the horizon, came marching forward all our doppelgangers. And Larry is very scared of his doppelganger. Because he knows there's a great source of evil and malice coming from this version of him. Hello, my name is Daniel Cruz and I am playing Imhotep the Mummy. Last session, Imhotep did his best to make a heart to heart, except for the fact that he does not have a heart. So it was a little bit tricky for him. <laughs> and we were pulled into an investigation to find a traitor in our midst. And our lovely dungeon master... Use me for his red herring. And I'm not at all mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then our doppelgangers appeared over the horizon, including one bandage-wrapped corpse that I do not think I'm going to get along with. He seems too nice. <laughs> Ew, he's nice. <laughs> he seems like he might align with a certain... Carl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I am Aaron, and I play the Phantom of the Opera. When it's the Phantom's Corner, we're recapping D after dark. Ooh. So we rolled on up oh. into town. Uh, it was nice to see Carmilla again. Always very exciting. The Phantom found out that all of his friends were surprisingly okay with inquisiting people, just rounding them <laughs> up. <laughs> And then we sussed out Vordenberg, and it was great. I'm Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, uh, the rogue mastermind now. Mm -hmm. No longer a thief. I've given up that path for the time being. <laughs> so on the last session, Jack didn't exactly feel like he could trust his 
fellow comrades. He was realizing that there was a lot of secrets that even the one person that he kind of trusted a little bit more than the others was kind of keeping to himself. We figured out who Gonzo was. And it is really frustrating when you, the player, figure it out, but then you roll super low perception rolls, <laughs> and then you're just kind of like, okay, I can't say anything. This It sucks. God, it's the best. I love dumb. when that happens. <laughs> oh, also one of the very sketchy things that Jack did do last session besides uh, edgelording it up, <laughs> he snuck down to the nest and decided to change some names. That's right. Uh, there's no way that's not going to have consequences. Of course not. <laughs> Your actions have consequences. <laughs> and speaking of dealing with the consequences of our actions, let's jump back into the fight already in progress. Okay, so Grayson, what would have happened had you failed is you would have been forcibly compelled on your turn to use your action to attack a creature specified by Anti-Larry. But because you rolled an 18, you saved. <laughs> and Anti-Larry narrows his eyes and says, you're not getting off that easily. And his eyes turn black as he says, I make a devil's bargain. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And smoke begins to lift up from off of his shoulders that forms a hand reaching out above him, grasping what forms out of smoke, a flail, flail. that then comes crashing down <gasps> on top of you. Your 18 is now a oh. one. Oh, oh boy. So you have no longer saved. Your eyes glaze over as your sense of reason, your logic, your cognitive functioning gets scrambled. As you look at the two Larrys, they switch places <gasps> in your mind. So now when you look at Larry, you see anti-Larry. When you look at anti-Larry, you see the oh. real Larry. <laughs> and you, wanting to protect your friend, are dead set on taking out anti-Larry. Oh. Uh, I, I think the only good thing about all this is that I did give Larry the lantern, so there will be no sneak attack If I'm damage. even looking at you. <laughs> well, that depends on if he's surprised by his friend turning against him. Yeah, that's I'm, true. Well, I'm focused I mean, on spicy boy in front of me. No! <laughs> spicy boy. Spicy. But what you do get, because he made a devil's bargain, there is a back pocket nat one that is floating around waiting to replace any one roll of anti-Larry's. So quick question. If anti-Larry, I don't know if this is even possible, but if anti-Larry dies before my turn goes, does the spell still stick? It requires concentration to maintain. Oh, so if okay. he's dead, he's not concentrating on it. So if he fails the concentration. Do with that information what you will. Somebody boop the snoop. <laughs> You say that death is a reason to not concentrate. I do not see this as a reason. That's fair. <laughs> I am also blind to this fact. <laughs> oh, no. Right? These mortals are so silly. So silly. All right. And that will end his turn. So, Wolfman, it is your turn. It's me. All right. So, Larry is going to respond to what bad Larry said last time when he told me, you don't need to hold back. I want to tell him, I I don't know what terrible things have happened to you to make you feel like you don't need to hold back anymore. 
But the reason why I hold back is because I'm not a monster like you. I I have found people that I care about, and I, I, I won't let go of that last little bit of humanity I have. But it looks like you already have. I'm going to take my cane and smack him again. Oh, <laughs> 12. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Poop. So as you swing at him, he takes a step back and says, The only person you have fooled is yourself, not a monster. (laughs) Is that what you said when you killed Maleva's son? (gasps) Who hasn't killed a person or two? (laughs) No, upon hearing that being one of the many things that Larry has suppressed deep down inside of him, He is definitely in shock that that has been announced to the group. (laughs) On this episode of Larry Lore. (laughs) (laughs) I think hearing that, I'm going to move a few paces away. He's not thinking rationally. And also he doesn't know that Jack is dangerous. And uh, I move closer to Jack accidentally. Whoopsies. Whoopsie whoopsies. Let's go. <laughs> All right. And that ends your turn. So now it is Karis, the anti-mummy's turn. But that turn is skipped because of the dispel magic snafu. So now it's Emotep's turn. I'm going to kind of reach down into the pile of his bones and relieve him of the scroll and say... I do not believe you know how to properly use this, so I will relieve you of it and kind of put it into my bag. I then look at his skull and say, I do not think you know how to use this as well, so I will relieve you of it and just kind of kick his skull <laughs> as far as I can. Awesome. <laughs> Boom. So I'm going to roll a d4 to see what direction the head goes flying yeah. in. Oh, magic circle, magic yes, circle. Yes, my favorite. That's a two, so it's going south, and I'm going to roll a d100. Holy cow. Did Emotep play soccer? Uh, nope, because it goes two feet. <laughs> <laughs> he should not play soccer. <laughs> you kick it, it hits a tree, bounces back, and falls and rolls two feet away from you. And I'm imagining Chorus also has the same thaumaturgy effects, so his eyes are red, just pointing up at me like I do to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but they're at like 50% opacity. Oh, yeah. Imhotep just kind of looks down at Karis' skull and shrugs. (laughs) (laughs) And as you take that scroll and bring it back into your possession, you hear the voices of your gods reaching out to you and reminding you that the power of the scroll can be yours if you destroy a member of your own cloth. Okay, so do any of those count as my action for the turn? I'm going to count taking the scroll as a bonus action. Kicking the skull is free. Nice. I'm going to use one of my higher level spells that I just learned and cast Spirit Shroud. Ooh. Call four spirits of the dead, which flit around you for the spell's duration. The spirits are intangible and invulnerable until the spell ends. It's a one minute spell. Any attack you make deals 1d8 extra damage when you hit a creature with 10 feet of you. So when I do a melee attack, it'll deal 1d8 extra damage if it hits. So when you were saying that the gods reach out to him, 
for some reason the infomercial guy was like running through my head <laughs> and you can have all these powers for a low low payment of the soul of your man of the cloth <laughs> okay so the voice of osiris is the zoo books guy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we will all follow oh, him no <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you too can have this wonderful scroll for only the price of killing a man of your cloth and if you act now we'll include the tiger poster I, where is he? I'm gonna kill him right now. <laughs> all of the flashbacks, all of the flashbacks on Nickelodeon just came rushing back to me. I know. I can't tell you how much I wanted that fucking tiger oh poster gosh. as a kid. Oh my god! They made the tiger posters sound like the shit, dude. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, Daniel. If Karis dies before he can get back up, you get a tiger poster. <gasps> Hell I'm jealous. Okay. Okay. So. Um, Spirit Shroud is a bonus action, so I'm going to cast that. I'm imagining them as this swirling black mist with, like, skulls and bones occasionally pressing against reality and then fading back into the mist. Hard to swirl around me as I lift the sword up and get ready to just guillotine Kars' skull. That sounds cool to me. (laughs) I like that. So roll to hit with advantage. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, That definitely hits. Kill it. Tiger poster. So 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 damage. As you bring the sword down on top of him, it strikes his skull, which then begins to fade out of existence. Tiger poster, tiger poster, tiger poster. I will let you flavor this how you like, but when his body disappears, left in its wake, will be a Zoo Books tiger poster. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's glorious. Here's how I envision it. He now has a scroll of set. And with your permission, Dan, I want to say it has a little bit of influence over his emotions. Ooh. And there's a little bit more rage than normal as he kills Karis. And as he lifts his sword, sheathes it again and turns back to the body. You see the robes that Karis was wearing. And as he approaches them, they blow away in the wind, and he goes, What is this poster doing here? And why do I feel compelled to take it? (laughs) It is is a tiger. They are not that fascinating. (gasps) And yet, somewhere in the distance, you hear the voice of Osiris. Tiger poster. poster, Oh my god. And then um, some of this I will save until the end of combat for the big theatrics of it. But as you lift up the tiger poster, what dropped down underneath that was the bag of sand that was Karis's arcane focus. And as the robe blows away into sand, the bag opens up and the sand lifts up out of that, giving that same sort of mm-hmm. ethereal glow as your runes begins to circle around you and imbues you with their magic and their essence. You feel yourself lift up off the ground as you start to become more corporeal. You shift slightly more across the veil towards the living. Your skeletons begin to generate some ligaments and musculature that are linking them together. Ooh, I'm gonna get grosser as we go along with this. (laughs) And the runes creep their way up onto the wrappings, the small tattered remains get longer, stronger, and more corporeal, more solid. 
And when combat is over, you will get a plus one to any stat of your choice, and you will change your race from Namru to Mummy. Oh. Can I just say that since we established that Imhotep transforms via Sailor Moon transformations, I'd like to imagine that somewhere off in the distance, Kara's doing Kamen Rider poses when he pierces the veil. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we'll do all of those adjustments after the combat. So that will end your turn, and we will hop over to the Bride of Frankenstein's turn. And she, with a little bit of confusion from seeing you get less playful and more worked up in your anger, doesn't seem to quite understand, and then goes to hug you. Oh! So she's going to roll to grapple. What a twist! So that is an opposed strength check. So wait, is she actually just innocently doing stuff? And maybe if we play along with her, she'll actually calm the fuck down. She might squish us till we die with love. <laughs> that is a 17 plus three on natural oh, 20. Well, shit. That's a 13 plus three. So yeah. Oh, she nope. gives you a big hug. So she grapples you. And then as a bonus action, the ring of fire wraps its way around once again. So you take another six oh, damage. Oh, I'm low on hit points. I'm at 19 now. Not low. <laughs> Carmilla, Phantom, and Imhotep, you all take three fire damage. Oy. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, 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 and okay. that will end her turn. I'm trying to think how Mary's processing this. Warm hug. Okay, so Mary is going to do his damnedest to try and break the grapple. Okay, so roll strength. Damn it! Seven. That's not going to do anything. That's not going to do it. The hug proceeds. So Mary is just confused as all hell, but what I think I'm going to try, because I'm like, you know, hurting... Can I use a bonus action or no? So you can still do everything you normally could. You will just be at disadvantage. Uh-huh. And your speed is zero, so you can't move. Okay. All right. So what I am going to do is as she hugs me and does the ring of fire, I'm going to yell in pain, essentially to show that I am in pain. Roll persuasion. Okay. That has no modifiers on me, so. Fuck. Ew. Uh, she does not understand. So yeah, she shouts back at you with a big old hiss. <laughs> well, uh, bonus action, I'm going to use my tundra on myself. And it's everyone within 10 feet? Yes, it is. Or everyone within my choosing. So of course, my friends. Friends. Okay. Yeah. I want Friend. my friends. Friendship. Wee. Well, cool. So everyone that just took fire damage no longer <laughs> has taken fire damage. I'm going to attack and please God, let it be high enough so I can get her off of me. Because you are grappled, it is at disadvantage. Well, at disadvantage, I rolled a three and an 18. Mm. So I'm very upset with myself right now. And this dice is going to dice jail. Hey. You do get two attacks, so. All right, you get one more chance to. Okay, that's a 13 to hit. Yeah, 13 plus six. So that's a natural 19. That hits. Yay. I take my short sword and I try to, like, get her off of me because I'm raging. It's a plus. Ooh, 11. Because she is also raging, that's going to be half. Okay. We're going to round that up to six. And then it's going to be half again because she's resistant to it. So she's going to take three uh, damage. Oh, well. Can't have it all, I guess. But does that, she get that's off? That's the game. That's the game. <laughs> but question, was it enough for her to get off of me? Uh, no, you are still grappled. Hell no, nah, she clingy as hell. <laughs> oh, she is very clingy. <laughs> All right, and that will end your turn. So now it goes over to Hello, Adrian. Anti-Invisible Man's turn. 
Adrian is going to run up behind the group that is clustered around the Frankenstein monster, and he's going to use his cunning action to hide and dive into the nearby tree. And then he is going to leap out. A spry little guy. Yeah. He's going to leap out and try to sneak attack Carmilla. I knew it. (laughs) That is a 15 plus seven. So I'm assuming that hits. That's what it's like fighting against Invisible Man. So that's going to do 18 damage. Oh, man. So then he's going to move another 20 feet to retreat back out of there. (laughs) And that's his turn. Now it's over to Jack. Per the Crown of Madness, you must attack Larry. Oh, Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, Grayson all of a sudden not wanting to sneak attack people. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Jack is, of course, the one looking for any advantage. I am trying not to kill anybody. It's okay. Larry's just going to take it really personally. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. So he's got his short sword attached, and I guess he's going to go for his attack. Mm. Jack's going to run up behind you and tell you you're not even supposed to be in this world. (laughs) gonna be like i know (laughs) (laughs) inspiration thank you that went dark he's like i know and i'm sorry (laughs) he's gonna think it's because bad larry revealed the secret of oh you killed a man oh shit so larry is thinking oh jack's gonna take me out because yeah he heard one of my secrets that i i murdered a guy so that's a 19. Oh, that hits, my dude. That uh, hits very hard. That hits, and that is a sneak attack. Oh, no. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, it wasn't a crit, but that's a 13 plus 4 to the damage, so... 17 damage. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Now, question. Damn. Uh, what's your question? I think I have a bonus action. <laughs> You only have to use your action to attack. Okay, fantastic. That's all I wanted to do. Um, So you do still have a bonus action. Okay, so after that, Jack's essentially going to dash and go hide in the tree that he just came from. So as I feel the knife slip into my back and just the words hit my ears of, you don't even belong here, Larry will say to himself, I know, I'm sorry. And he'll turn and see Jack and he's like, Jack, I'm so sorry. I can explain. And at that point, Jack's turned his back and he's ran to the tree to go hide. Make a wisdom saving throw to break free of your trance. Already. Ooh, 18. 18 succeeds. (laughs) As soon as the spell breaks, I immediately come to a realization and then I see Larry standing in front of me instead of anti-Larry. I'm just like, Jack, I'm so sorry. Immediately shock and horror just immediately on his face. And he's like, what happened? You, you weren't over here before. I didn't move, Jack. With that, now he's feeling all kinds of shame. Like, he literally hurt the one person he was immediately trying to help. Let's go on to Chad. <laughs> What's Chad doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for Chad Phantom's turn, he's going to make a run past you and fire off the crossbow. Nine. <laughs> yes, that's a miss. <laughs> He's making a show of being big and dramatic about it, and he fumbles, and the arrow falls to the ground as he fires it off. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And he just shakes it off and keeps running and says, that was a warning shot. (laughs) 
As he makes it past the group, he makes eye contact with Adrian, the anti-invisible man, and will burn a bardic inspiration die to use his conducting technique. Oh, shit. He's going to use Hasten Tempo. This will adjust Adrian's place in the initiative oh. order oh, so that he can attack sooner. And that's a one. Yay. <laughs> suck it. I'll tell you what, he really is another me. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he ended so well. <laughs> there you go, my friend. Take haste. Take initiative. <laughs> take initiative. And Adrian just kind of looks really unimpressed and says, thank you. <laughs> and now it is real Phantom's turn. Let's not all get too excited about Phantom's turn because I did use my actual action to uh, help out with the exorcism. So Phantom's going to look around, see see how everybody's doing. People are getting stabbed. In the back. You're like, ah, oh, memories. <laughs> he will prestidigitate a glass and a bottle of wine and pour himself one. And as he like knocks it back, a crossbow bolt sails past where his head was. Uh, he's just going to chill out for a turn. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I wouldn't want anything different. Yeah, this is fabulous. Okay, so now it is Gonzo's turn. My love. And Gonzo, now kind of coming to, sees what's going on and says, What? What happened? Where? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> this poor woman. <laughs> Looks like I have a little bit of goodwill to make up. And she pulls herself up to her feet, dusts herself off, and casts at level three, Bless. Bless. Which will hit all five members of the party. Whenever you make an attack or saving throw, you can add a d4 to your result. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. So until she breaks concentration. Just one time, right? Just once per turn. And she sets out that incantation, and you feel yourself magically emboldened and enriched. I do apologize, but we need to clean up this mess. You got it. <laughs> and it is now over to Carmilla. Okay, so there's a lot going on, clearly, <laughs> where I'm at. And Carmilla's no longer attracted to Gonzo because Vordenberg's not around anymore. <laughs> oh, right, because that's the reason. <laughs> yeah. Gonzo's still a boss babe, so... <laughs> yeah, I have to court her right, okay? I have to make a good impression that I would accept her even if she had my mortal enemy inside of her, okay? <laughs> Take that. How's that for love for you? Again, flattered. But it's a little early to be throwing around the love word. <laughs> At least buy me dinner first. <laughs> what a charmer. Oh, good, because a vampire always needs an invitation. Oh! That was good. All right. She very faintly cracks a small smile. Wonderful. I'm just imagining Marlo in the corner looking maledict like, see, I told you she should wait till after the first date. <laughs> no, sorry, Marlo. Maledict says it to Marlo because Marlo yeah, strikes absolutely. the guy who would do that. Marlo, as he is desperately trying to stabilize Maledict, says, well, you got to admire the chemistry in the air. As Maledict is choking, coughing, gagging, and just kind of looks up at him with bloodshot, piercing red eyes and just... <laughs> anyway, Carmilla, it is your turn. She's going to snap the book shut and set her eyes on Anti-Larry. And she's going to take her rapier and begin to fight. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. 19. That hits. 
So go ahead and roll for damage. And then I believe you used your Crimson Rite to set your rapier on fire, right? Yes, sir. So that'll do an additional D6 of fire damage. Okay, that's a 13 plus an extra. All right, that's a five. Ooh, that's good. Carmilla is big mad. (laughs) Before he goes down, he uses his reaction to do Hellish Retribution. And then after that goes off, Describe how you kill him. (gasps) Sorry, that was a little evil. (laughs) First, Hellish Rebuke is going to go off. As you drive the rapier into him, he starts to shimmer out of existence. But before he goes, he lifts up his hands, pointing them at you with a devilish grin as a burst of fire erupts from him. Make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, okay. Also, you have that bless. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, all right, seven. And you have bless. Which I will say, even if you roll a four, that's not going to save. Oh. So you do not save, and the fire makes its way towards you. So he's going to roll, it's going to be 2d10 fire damage. That's going to be 14 damage, but... As those flames surround you, a shadowy tendril of darkness reaches up and pulls the fires back. Um, That damage is now one. As his devil's bargain is come to collect. Oh, man. You get lightly singed as the fire pulls back and explodes out onto Anti-Larry. As soon as I see the killing blow, I rush for him. Okay, and what do you do? As I see him kind of slide off of Carmilla's blade and the flames go out, I run to catch him so he doesn't collapse onto the ground. Because I am he, he is me. So I I know kind of what he's been through. Before he dies and fades from existence, I want to kind of just carefully lay him to the ground. And I just want to say to him, I don't even want to imagine what you went through to make you turn out this way. But I will tell you this. The way you walked was thorny, though not no fault of your own. But as the rain enters the soil, the rivers enter the sea, so tears run to a predestined end. Lawrence Talbot, I hope you can find your peace. And then I place him on the ground. As he shimmers out of existence, he looks at you, that prayer kind of washes over him, and his demeanor softens a little bit, and he says to you, I genuinely hope... You can succeed where I failed and manage to stay dead. (gasps) And he fades out of existence. Damn, not a soft bone in that fucker's body. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought Jack was the edgelord. Damn. As as he kind of glitters out of existence in my hands, I really, really wonder what he meant by that. But I, I, I think about him... I think about Maleva's prayer, and I just, I hope that his soul has found peace where it otherwise was not peaceful. Well, now time to torch all the other guys. Let's go. (laughs) I love the fact that, like, Larry gets to have this, like, pseudo closure with their double, and the rest of us are like, nope, this fucker's got to die. Nope, you got a tiger poster. (laughs) I think you got closure. I I am the biggest winner of this entire encounter. All right, so, Wolfman, it is your turn. I gotta make good on my friendships here, and I'm gonna walk closer to... 
the Frankensteins and try and figure out what the heck I can do here. Mary, if you can shake off the Bride of Frankenstein, I have a plan. But in the meantime, I'll try and do something that won't also hurt you. I'm going to use one of my spell slots to cast Bane. And I can cast it on up to three creatures of my choice. I wonder which three creatures that are hostile towards you, you will choose. All right, so they must make a charisma saving throw, all three of them. Okay. The Bride of Frankenstein rolled a 10. That's a fail. Chad Phantom rolled a 2. That's a fail. Yeah. Yeah. In character! Hell yeah, Chad. Hell yeah. Adrian got 18. No! Damn it, he succeeds. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Whenever they make an attack or saving throw, the target must roll a d4 and subtract that number rolled from the attack or saving throw. Okay. So that'll be my turn. All right, so now it is Imhotep's turn. I just want to wrap my head around how I look now. I look more like a traditional mummy. I want to say kind of almost like how I look out of the Monster Manuals version. This is like in the 90s, Brendan Fraser, the mummy, in the first couple of minutes of him after he kills the first guy and takes his muscles and everything. Oh, yeah. So I'm very much the body horror character now. Got it. Yes. Yeah, very good. So Imhotep lands from his whole big thing and kind of looks around. Is it still the pinpricks of light for his eyes? Ah, yes. He kind of looks at his hands, looks up his arms a bit. Well, that is... Did not expect vocal cords. That will take some time to get used to. Wow, character development. (laughs) New voice! I'll see how long that voice lasts. Until you get used to your vocal cords. I suppose... I can get used to these. <laughs> I also want to note in one hand, he's holding the scroll of set. And in the other hand, he's on the tiger poster. <laughs> the documents of power. Who am I going to pick on? That's the question here, isn't it? Or you could remove curse. Oh, that's did talk right. About I can do that. That's a thing I have. <laughs> While Gonzo and Carmilla are making goo eyes at each other, he sidles between them. Pardon me. <laughs> and Gonzo says to the guards, let him pass. But that's as far as I can make my walking distance. All right, in six seconds, let him pass. <laughs> Actually, um, last time I used Vampiric Touch, and this time I used the Spirit Shroud. I am all out of level three spells. Oh. So I cannot use Remove right. Curse. Then can I go back on my not move <laughs> and move towards them? That's up to Imhotep because oh, you're invading true. on his turn. Can we both back up? I'll let Larry do his moving and I'll figure something out that's not move curse. Or if I committed to sauntering through everybody being... You've committed to sauntering through everything because that's more than I want to edit around. We'll deal with our consequences. Uh, I sauntered (laughs) through everybody. I kind of got to a new position and I'm going to look at Chad and I'm going to do Toll the Dead. (gasps) Yeah. So go ahead and roll to hit. Target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Never mind. That's an eight. Okay, he fails. And has he taken any damage yet at all? Uh, yes, he has taken damage. Okay, so he takes a d12 of damage then. Okay. He takes four. That's it. Just four. That'll do. (laughs) So I did this once with the other one, and it was the killing blow. 
but I kind of want to make the scarab beetles be the new Toll the Dead, like they just kind of appear. And as I continuously cast this, more beetles show up and continue to consume him. But like for this one, it's like one showed up and bit him back in the neck. It's not hard to smash or anything, but like that's what happened. It bit him on the back in the neck. He is going to scream like a little girl and take a few steps back. Eric also does not like seeing someone who looks like him getting nibbled on. So he's going to like feel his own neck. <laughs> Just to be sure. Okay. Now it is the Bride of Frankenstein's turn and going to be doing that ring of fire again. So that's going to be another six damage to the Frankenstein monster. Three damage to Larry. Three damage to Phantom. I still got my sunshine. So that's turns into, I think, a one. And three damage to anti-Phantom. Ha <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Chad. <laughs> Just FYI, y'all. I'm not looking too good. Calm down. <laughs> You're still above single digits. Then the Bride of Frankenstein is going to let go of you. So you are no longer grappled. Yay! And she is going to attack. Oh, shit. <laughs> 18. Ooh, minus 1d4. 15. Oh, thank God that misses. <gasps> yes, my bane. And then attack number two. Uh, also 18. Minus one, 17. Still hits my AC 17. With all the halves and reductions and everything, let's just call that two damage. Okay, th that's not that bad. That will end the bride's turn. So now, because the phantom boosted up his speed, oh! uh, now it is Adrian's turn. Yeah. He's going to run into the bushes and hide. <laughs> and then he's going to leap out at the Frankenstein monster Boing. and make an attack. Ah, God damn it. I just like Adrian to be like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, 19. That hits. That is a sneak attack. Phantom's got a reaction. Uh, what's the reaction? Let's do a little magic here. I'm going to use silvery barbs. No! <laughs> okay, so describe silvery barbs. You magically distract the triggering creature and turn its momentary uncertainty into encouragement for another creature. The triggering creature must re-roll the d20 and use the lower roll. You just give them disadvantage, basically. That's kind of cool. You then choose a different creature you can see within range. The chosen creature gains advantage on their next attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. Well, uh, his re-roll was higher than his initial attack, oh, so he still sticks with the low roll. Bummer, but I will give that advantage to the Frankenstein monster. Yay! I tried, buddy. That's still good. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. So that's going to be 14 damage. Oh! But again... Everything gets cut down, so that's going to be three damage. Oh, thank God, because that would have killed me. All right, I know what I'm doing next turn. We just got to get to me. And then he's going to use the remainder of his movement to run away again. <laughs> Wee! Uh, what a little stinker. Does he stab me? Can I try to tr grab him and to hold him in place? Uh, no. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> and now it's your turn, Frankenstein monster. Oh, oh, if I could, uh, I got, I got bigger problems in front of me. As a bonus action, I'm going to use my Tundra aura one more time to get three HP back. Okay. So after the bride attacked me, like, did her expression change at all or no? She still looks kind of playful. I'm going to hiss back at her. Oh. <laughs> Since I've been speaking, she hasn't been doing anything. I've been only hissing. I'm going to hiss, kind of like assert Dominus, like hiss back. Okay. Roll intimidation. 15. With a 15, she looks very puzzled again and a little bit worried and 
kind of brings her arm down that had club in hand. I do it again. <laughs> oh, I know I can't do it again. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to walk closer over to where Larry is. Not breaking my eye contact with the bride. Like keeping short sword in hand and just like slowly backing up. Okay. And that ends your turn. So now it is Jack Griffin, Invisible Man. Okay. Jack's going to yell out Mary and see who turns around. I turn my head back and yell, what? The bride looks over in your direction and cocks her head a little bit. Fuck. Now, there's going to be a lot that I'm about to say, and I understand if it takes up my entire action. Uh, Say it. Okay. I'm going to tell Mary, do you remember that story that you told me about the little girl? Yeah. My fear is that's her. What did you say? Oh, damn. <laughs> the way that she's been acting this entire time is she's been much, she's been like a child. She thinks that she's playing. She doesn't realize that this is actually doing any damage. She's acting almost exactly like I was, so she probably hasn't learned anything yet. Still stands to reason. Plus, she looked over here while I yelled out your name, Mary. You told me that the little girl's name was Mary. It was. But she was a child. She was burned at the stake. This can't be her. There was nothing left of her. These are alternate copies. None of these other characters should exist. But for some reason, they do. I don't know what you want to do about Mary over there. But I don't want, I don't want to kill a child. Right now, Frankenstein is having the worst crisis imaginable. Uh. <laughs> and I think the last thing that I would like to suggest is if Phantom can try and charm or hold Bridezilla, but I don't know if that's too much already. Why, why don't you try some nice balloon animals? Oh Children God. love that sort of thing. I mean, if it'll give me advantage to get her to calm down. I have intestines now. You can try those. <laughs> and that ends your turn. So then Chad reacts to that suggestion and says, a brilliant idea. He's so nice. <laughs> he pulls out a pump and some balloons, makes a big balloon animal, tosses it at the Frankenstein monster. And as he catches it, a spotlight shines down on him. Oh. All eyes turn his direction as he is cast Hold person. Oh my god. I mean, I thought the conversation was more private, but okay. You're in a tree. <laughs> so Frankenstein monster, make a wisdom saving throw. Okie dokie. I think he has bless, right? I do have bless. And also advantage. Ah, uh, thanks, bud. Okay, so my advantage roll was a natural seven, plus two, nine, plus two, eleven. And eleven does not save. My dice don't like me today. So you are paralyzed. At the end of your next turn, you can roll to break free. Okay. So then as a bonus action, he's going to fire off his last bardic inspiration at the bride. Oh. That will end his turn. So over to you, Phantom. I will cast a vicious mockery at Chad. Can't wait. That's a 16. DC of 14. No. Damn it. What is your vicious insult? That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. You can even make it a spicy one, and he'll just shrug it off. Well, I don't want... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that balloon animal was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even look like a giraffe. No, you know what it was? The balloon animal was just an unbound balloon, so he calls it an eel. 
Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, or a snake. It's so yeah. versatile. It was supposed to be a sausage. Couldn't <laughs> even put some links in it. It's literally the easiest thing. You just you just start screwing it's it just up the and long, you make little links. Oh man. I'm gonna say right now, pinch twist take a little bit of practice. Understood. Balloon animals are not my forte. As a bonus action, I will create a series of linked roses that are like twined together into the form of a dog. <laughs> and I'll pass them over to Wolfman. Thank you. Arctic inspiration. <laughs> I will look at it and feel very conflicted, but I appreciate the gesture. <laughs> and Chad yells out to you, for these different circumstances, I would ask for your technique. <laughs> well, they're not, Chad. <laughs> and now it is over to Gonzo's turn. Gonzo could totally stop Bridezilla. <laughs> All right. If you insist. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm throwing shit out there. I don't know. I know, immediately. Gonzo says to you, no, no, you're right. Let's take off the biggest target on the map. Damn, she's so cool. And she casts at level five, Ooh. Flame Strike, <laughs> which I read incorrectly the first time that I cast this. I thought it said a creature takes... 4d6 fire damage or 4d6 radiant damage. That's an and. Holy cow. Oh. So I'm not going to retroactively make you guys take more damage. What I'll say is that Carmilla, your blood curse of the muddled mind, prevented her from using that spell at full effectiveness before. Okay, great. Fabulous. <laughs> Love it. But now the Bride of Frankenstein will have to make a dexterity saving throw, as will everyone within 10 feet. Oh, frig. Uh, this no. seems a little unfair. Uh, that's not fair. I'm, I'm oh, paralyzed. Right. I'm totally fine. Dexterity saving throw. <laughs> I'm not going to live. You know what sucks? If I wasn't paralyzed, I have danger sense. Advantage on dex saves against effects I could see. But I'm paralyzed. I can't move. Well, I got a four because my deck save is a minus one. I got another net one. Oh, Aaron, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. And the bride rolled a six. Me too. It's okay. We'll just burn together. We'll just die together. <laughs> we'll yeah. fry together when we fry. Wow. So that's going to be... So this is going to be the new Emotep and Jack show, all right? Once, all <laughs> once. Oh, Gonzo, stop it. <laughs> no, stop it. That's going to be 26 damage. Holy shit. Oh, my I'm God. Okay. I'm in death saves. Gonzo, as we all ignite. I do have my sunshine. You are my sunshine card in play. So I take half damage on both those types. So that's 13 damage. There was no way that she heard me say, hold person. That is going to take out the Bride of Frankenstein. Whoa. That is also going to take out Chad Whoa. Phantom. Holy cow, Gonzo. <laughs> the Bride goes up in flames and with a look of panic and sheer terror, makes eye contact with you, Frankenstein monster, reaches out and then disintegrates. So, above table, I wasn't there when Mary died. I found her after the fact. 
So now that I see one of the few people in this entire planet who was truly nice to me when I first came to as the monster, now get burned to a crisp in front of me, and I'm dying too, let's just say shit's gonna be bad for Mary! Oh no. That's a lot of emotional damage. Then Chad Phantom will also go up in flames and with a bright arc of radiant light, flourishes cape and says, (laughs) See you at the Encore! Disintegrates and his mask drops to the floor. What a nice guy. Phantom tries to digitate like a scorecard and holds it up and it's a one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised it wasn't a zero. (laughs) After I see the Bright Franca sign reach for me, I also succumb to the flames and I just drop. Seeing kind of the collateral damage of all of that, Gonzo puts her hand down and says, I may have overreacted a little bit. You think? (laughs) And also what Imhotep is doing during this, he's making his way over to Maledict and Marlo, and he's just hearing the scuffle going on behind him. And just this bright light casts a shadow, and he turns around and sees everybody on the ground, hears Gonzo say that and goes, no, what gave you that idea? (laughs) I'm just going to tell for Larry and only Larry. I have a spell called Spare the Dying, which will get you out of death saves. The other two are Construct Um, and Undead, so it has no effect on you guys. I'm fine. (laughs) I think none of us are impressed enough that uh, Phantom just tanked it. Yeah, you're still good, right? <laughs> Unless there are any negative lingering effects of Nat wanting it, which I guess remains yeah, to be seen. Yeah, what did the Nat I'm one chilling. do? So technically, with a Nat one, <laughs> that should have been double damage. So Phantom. No, that's all right. I'm murdered. It's cool. So the four of you are all in death saves. I'm assuming. I'm fine. The three of you are all in death saves. I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, it turns out the crit damage got me. Well. I know what to do for Mary. All right, so since this is the first time we've entered death saves, a quick explanation. When a character falls to zero HP, they are not dead, they fall unconscious, and then they basically have to roll to stay alive and keep a grasp on their life. So they get three chances. They have to roll above a 10. They need three successes to pop back up on their feet at one HP. With three failures, they are dead. So Carmilla will have to spend her turn making her first death save, but because I want to increase tension and suspense, I'm going to do the death save rolls for the players and they don't get to know the results. Oh no. (laughs) The players do not know this, but Janae's first death save roll is a six. So that is a failure. Okay. So that's Carmilla. So now Larry, it is your turn. All right, so seeing that the immediate threat is gone, I'm going to get into kind of a cowboy stance. I'm going to tighten up my bolo tie and get out my lightning lure that looks like a lasso, and I'm going to lasso Mary and try and pull him back up to his feet, giving him a, a nice electric shock. Okay, describe mechanically what's happening. Lightning lure. You create a lash of lightning energy that strikes at one creature of your choice that you can see within 15 feet of you. If he wants, we can do this. The target must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pulled up to 10 feet in a straight line towards you and then take 1d8 lightning damage if it is within five feet of you. Uh, I'm assuming he does not resist. Nope. Does not resist. So I can just take that as I pull you back up to your feet. We're fifth level, right? Yeah, you're fifth level. Okay, so that's 2d8 now. And I heal him for six HP. Okay, so you are not in death saves anymore, uh, Frankenstein Monster. Yeehaw. 
All right, and I'm assuming that ends your turn. I'll make my way over to Marlowe Maledict. <laughs> so after I get essentially defibrillated back to life, I just go. Are <laughs> uh, you doing okay, buddy? Uh, I have no idea who did that. Uh, let's not worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Imhotep, it is your turn. The first thing Imhotep is going to do is look at Gonzo, point at Carmilla, and go, fix that one. <laughs> you broke it, you fix oh. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, then he's going to go to Phantom, and he's going to stand over him, look down, and go, I believe this is what they call a blaze of glory. <laughs> going to kind of kneel down. And his hand glows its usual blue, and he kind of runs it over Phantom's body. The call of the Duat is not ready to take you today. Return to us. And I cast Spare the Dying, so he's back to one HP. Yay. All right. Phantom gasps and, like, thrashes around. He's like, Jack, you son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) So now it is Adrian's turn, and he oblivious to what's been going on, is going to run up into the bushes and hide. Oh my god. Ah! (laughs) And then as he's hiding, he turns around and makes eye contact with Jack and realizes that they are hiding in the same tree. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Shiv him, shiv him! And then says, Oh, sorry, I didn't realize this was occupied. (laughs) And then he's going to use the remainder of his movement to go to the other bush. Come on. Oh, he's so awkward. Yay. And now it is the Frankenstein monster's turn and you're back up on your feet. Lovely. I look to Larry, I go, thank you. Let's see if I can help some other friends out. And I go to the center to make sure Carmilla's in range. And I do my tundra. So we can get three more temporary hit points. Including Carmilla, so hopefully that gets her out of death saves. I don't know if that does. A creature that receives temporary HP when they are at zero is still considered to be at zero. Uh, oh, oh boo. Okay. Dang. Too bad. So that ends your turn. So over to Invisible Man. So would I have to roll in order to know that Adrian ran over to the other? No, you know that he's in the other bush. <laughs> okay. Um... Like mine. <laughs> so Jack's going to hop down out of the tree. <laughs> and walk over to the center and call out Adrian and let everyone know that he's in that bush over there so he cannot sneak attack. Hey, that's cool. And basically call out to Adrian and say, your allies are dead. If you want any chance of living, come down. We can do this one of two ways. You and me, one-on-one. Or you come and work alongside us, not with us. Mm-hmm. So in response to that, he jumps out of the bush and then makes a mad dash. Oh, bye. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm running after him because I can run about 40 feet. Roll acrobatics. And I still have bless, right? Uh, You do not. Casting the fire strike broke the concentration on that. Okay. Unnatural 20. Yeah. So you knock him over. Okay. And with that... I'm attempting to get on top of him and just pin him down (laughs) and then start calling for any of the guards to restrain him. Let's see how this is going to play out. What's wrong, Adrian? You're unnaturally quiet now. Maybe he 
He loves the look of your eyes. Well, I think at this point we're both out of range of the lantern. It was not quite enough to be a killing blow, but he takes his own dagger to himself rather than be captured. Oh, damn, he's hardcore. (laughs) He is still alive, but barely. As you're holding him down, he tries to stab himself. I'm using sleight of hand to disarm him. I would like Phantom to uh, vicious mockery him to death. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to walk over and stab him, but okay. All right, he's going to make a wisdom saving throw. And that's a two. Oh my God. A fitting end. All right, Phantom, what's your killing insult? I can't believe how much you remind me of Jack. You can't even escape capture, right? (laughs) With that, Jack, you can feel him becoming less corporeal beneath you as he starts to flicker out of existence. I'm I'm fiddling with my knife to see if I can I can get like a sample of his skin or a sample of his blood or something. Uh, roll a sleight of hand. Eleven. Okay. With an eleven, you won't succeed. So you're able to get a sample of his skin, but it also fades away from existence in your hand. Ugh. As he then, fuck, vanishes out of existence. I'm gonna stand up, and I would vaguely know. What killed him, right? I yelled it across the courtyard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to start walking back to the group. I'm going to go over to Larry. Oh, Larry was going to walk away because Larry was like, I don't know if I could face Jack right now. As you do that really quickly, Gonzo walks over to Carmilla, slices open her palm and brings down a few drops of blood. And then we'll cast mass healing word on all of you. Thank you, beautiful lady. (laughs) What a goddess. In my defense, I had the spell too, but again, out of spell slots. Wait, wait, Dan, undead and constructs. Sorry, Frankenstein. (sighs) It's okay. What about us humans? I know, tell me how much, oh, please. (laughs) Uh, 10 HP. Sweet. Acceptable. Love to see it. I'll just stand in the lightning storm with my sword out, just waiting to be struck by lightning. <laughs> and then I wanted to uh, finally make my way over to Marlo and Maledict. Okay, you do so. All right. I want to kneel down to him and be like, this is um, something I've, I've picked up on my travels. It, it, it doesn't work for me, but maybe it will work with him. I, I, before this all happened, I could feel what, what afflicted him. Marlo says... Well, you don't have to explain to me how you're doing it. Just do right. it. I just didn't want you to think I was going to just run over here and smack him with magic. So let me give this a shot. I do appreciate the forewarning. <laughs> I'm going to cast Remove Curse. And that is, at your touch, all curses affecting one creature or object end. So I okay. give him so... a little boop. And is he better? And he is better. His eyes recede back to their normal color. He stops choking and seizing up. And he kind of relaxes all in one go. Ooh, all right. He's about to fall unconscious, but he says as he does, I appreciate your efforts. That's enough for one day. No kidding. (laughs) And then he falls unconscious. That looks like a very good idea. And I I give them a little wave goodbye, and I kind of return to our group. Marlo shouts back over the distance, uh, begrudging, (laughs) Thank you. I suppose this means I'm in your debt. I'll find a way to pay you back for your kindness. In the meantime, try to stay alive. He and Maledict poof into a mist and flutter away. How nice. (laughs) Aww. 
Do they hold Good. hands? They hold little bat hands. Makes it flying very hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> With that, Jack's going to walk over to Larry. Larry's going to look very awkward and scared, kind of unsure what this is going to be, thinking he's going to confront him. Jack's going to slowly remove both daggers and drop them on the floor and offer you the short sword at the handle with the blade facing him. I was like, whoa, what, um, what's this? I want you to know I would never willingly harm any of you. Oh. This is my attempt to offer some sort of retribution. Phantom's a different story. But... <laughs> uh, inspiration. Awesome. Yeah. But you're the only one that's really been trying a little harder. So from what I saw, you and your darker counterpart had switched. I went after him thinking that I was attacking that one, not you. So... This is your chance to get even. If you feel you would like to take this sword and I'll give you a chance to attack me. I won't move. I take the sword and I just I'll plunk it in the ground. Jack, my retribution is only hellish. But no, I, I, I was unsure. At the time, I I thought I deserved it. I I've done a lot of not good things in my past, both uh, consciously and unconsciously, and so I cannot fault you for the same. I also would not willingly hurt anyone here. You have said you would not willingly hurt me, but if there ever comes a day where I do become a threat and come, and I'll say this to everybody, and I do come after any of you, I I do want. I do want all of your word that you would make sure that I don't hurt any of you, because that is the last thing I want. So, Jack, instead of I slap you, you slap me, <laughs> all I ask is a promise that you make sure that I don't hurt anyone else here. Can I have your word? I'll do my hardest not to kill you, but I'll <laughs> do my hardest to stop you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That That is all I ask. And as that conversation starts to come to a close one of the vampire twins makes their way out of the nest and starts to head towards carmilla and i'm already cringing we were watching <laughs> from the darkness <laughs> and that was very impressive <laughs> no my queen dan as soon as you sent the twins I... I started cringing they didn't have to say anything they didn't have to do anything you just said the vampire <laughs> twins and i'm like oh fuck here we go oh they suck and he walks right up to you and bows wow in character how do you respond carmilla oh, man. the same energy so you cringe i cringe hard yeah. cringe hard i, I <laughs> Cringe real, and real hard. in that momentary cringe, his hands shoot out and grab you, <gasps> and he looks up with a righteous oh, fire no. and indignation behind his eyes. <laughs> and as he starts to cast his vengeful glare, Gonzo pulls you out of his grasp, shoves you aside, and oh. buries a stake through no. his heart. Oh, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> And then he disintegrates, and the soul of Vordenberg lingers. Go away. <laughs> yeah, leave us alone. We're having fun. <laughs> he lingers for a moment, doesn't bother to say anything, and flies away. <laughs> Pew. Gonzo says, I don't remember 
everything, but I remember enough to know I want nothing to do with that exorcist in my town. Mm -hmm. And she drops the stake, looks around at the carnage that has ensued. This has all gotten very far out of hand. I only remember some of this, but it wasn't entirely him. And I simply want to maintain order in my city. This was supposed to be a mutually beneficial arrangement. And I see now that the power imbalance has gotten quite a bit skewed. I have a lot of um, goodwill that needs to be made up. So I would appreciate if any of the undead remaining in the vicinity can elect someone to speak on their behalf as we negotiate new terms. Orlock, Orlock, Orlock. You know what? Orlock had <laughs> not even occurred to me. Um, I mean, I was going to say maledict, but... But that's who it is oh, now. God. And he steps up and says, um, As no! the eldest among us. No! Get him out of here! Get him out of here! I feel like I have a particular seniority <laughs> that I can bring to these negotiations. I'm glaring so hard. Yes, and with seniority comes brain worms. All right, now that was uncalled for. <laughs> I understand... We, we were not exactly so on... So are you. I don't remember you being called on at all. All right. Well, that was very rude, but um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's entirely undeserved. I know we've got a bit of a history, but um, if I might, I would like to speak on our behalf. And um, Gonzo, kind of seeing that that's what stepped up, turns to you, Carmilla, and says, if you would be willing to stick around in Stratford for a while... Clearly, our options are not great. <laughs> and the undead community seem to have a certain respect and reverence for you. So, I insist. Please stay. And speak on their behalf. There is a lot of work that needs to be done to get this city functioning equitably. After all, I um, might not garner the most amount of trust. I heard the word, and she looks over at Phantom, I heard the word fascist thrown around a bunch, and... <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Phantom is hiding behind Emotep. And I don't appreciate that. But it was not entirely uncalled for. So, Carmilla, will you stay behind in Stratford? Jack's gonna slightly nudge Carmilla and let her know, tell her that she don't have anywhere to stay. Is this how you get girls? To come back to go to their oh place. Oh my god! You know what? I'm not. You know what? Fuck this! I'm never helping you again. Fuck off. That was totally off camera. Uh, no, it wasn't. Gonzo turns to Jack without changing her expression. Says, "You're funny." <laughs> oh my god! I hate that. <laughs> is is the lantern still going? Yeah. So Gonzo's just going to see me look as confused as possible and just say, I've never been called that before and just walk away quietly. <laughs> and you never will again. Oh, exactly. Yeah, God. funny looking. <laughs> anyway. And I'm going to do a sleight of hand to steal my rapier back. That is a nat 20! Okay, yeah, so, you get oh the rapier God. back. <laughs> of all the time today. <laughs> oh my God. And then Carmilla, as you say, funny looking, um, <laughs> Gonzo lets out a very brief little snort and then really quickly drops her expression and is, is back to her same composure as before. 
but she just <laughs> ever so slightly lets out a little. <laughs> oh, she's a snorter. That's so um, cute. As, as I was saying, will you stay in Stratford? Good. I'm just going to go ahead and add my rapier back. <laughs> <laughs> it would be my most intense pleasure. Oh, damn. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> and Gonzo says, I'm flattered, but now's not the time. And Imhotep says, until later tonight. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Larry's going to walk away because he feels like this is getting real personal. I'm going to yell out to Gonzo and ask her if she can ask Marlo to get a hold of us because we don't have that card anymore. As Gonzo is walking away, she nods over to where they were standing. And if you were to walk over to where they poofed away from, there is another business card left on the floor. Nice. Okay. So Jack's going to walk over there and snack the card and pocket it. And then going to head over to Larry and ask if I can get that lantern back. Oh, yeah, of course. And I, I hand it to him. And I'm going to snuff it out as soon as I get it. <laughs> Had enough uh, being seen for one day. Phantom would like to go and take a look at Mary, who is almost certainly worse for wear. And I would like Phantom to, like, brush him off. And each brush will be casting some mending. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait, one more thing, one more thing. Phantom will also walk over to Larry, give him a hug, and be like, thank you so much for being there when I needed you at the start of that fight. It was a really important moment. I, I, I hug him back confusedly, and I'm like, yes, of course, buddy? As you say that, the guard that you were hugging before walks up behind the two of you hugging with flowers, hears your conversation, <laughs> And then just turns around dejectedly and walks away. Oh, oh, oh no. no. Laramie, no. Or Laramie. <laughs> Mary Frankenstein is staring at the spot where the bride was. He is in a bit of a mental crisis right now. He didn't hear the entire conversation with Gonzo. He didn't hear anyone. He Right now where he is, he is in the woods and the mountains with the little girl with clouded eyes, for she is blind and cannot see. And he is just remembering all the times. And then it flashes back to when he stumbles upon a village with a freshly burnt steak and a skeleton at the base. Mm, damn. And it's just staring at the spot and just flashing back to what he did to the people responsible. And also finally flashing back to the last visage of the Bride of Frankenstein, reaching out to him one last time and being engulfed in the flames. And Frankenstein clutches the short sword screams in agony and drives it into the ground as deep as he possibly can and just starts weeping uncontrollably. Well, well, I go to him immediately. I was going to say the same thing. I'm going to tear off some of my bandages and offer it if he wants it. I finally come to and I see the bandages. I go, thank you, but I'm okay. I finally get up and I take my short sword out of the ground and I put it back in its sheath and go, that was... An experience that I wish we never have to face again. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I'm sorry I didn't figure it out sooner. I swore when I came to and I finally achieved my sentience that I would make sure that none of my father's creations would never again walk this earth. And to know that she was right here, but she couldn't have been. There was absolutely nothing left. Part of me is grateful that, that they were just apparitions. I don't know what the bloody hell they were, but they were definitely not what we thought they were. I'm sorry, I need time to process this. Um, what is our next plan? What is our next move? No, um, 
today, today was a lot. I, I think they were both a part of us and not a part of us, both a reflection and the opposite. But I think the next step is um, bidding Carmilla adieu and and setting off towards the witches. A quick hospital visit would be just phenomenal. Then, Larry, Mm -hmm. you feel in the pocket where you keep your cards is very warm right now. Uh, I reach in my pocket and I pull it out. And you can see that five of the cards are glowing. Oh, Lord. And kind of as you pull out each one, you get a hazy little bit of Maleva's voice coming through with slightly different messages on each one. Uh Uh-oh. Lawrence, you did not get back to me. Where are you, Lawrence? And you flip to the next one. Lawrence, you know the full moon is tomorrow. There is no time to rest. (laughs) And you flip over to the next one. That's it, Lawrence. If you do not pick up, I will be coming to get you myself. No. You flip over to the next one. Oh, no. I've tracked you down, Lawrence. I know you are in Stratford. I am on my way. And you flip over to the last one. Don't you dare try to do anything stupid, Lawrence. (laughs) And if you look over the horizon, you see off in the distance a very small... Elderly fortune teller woman riding a carriage that is coming up over the hillside towards you. Oh no. Guys, guys, we need to say our goodbyes and get out of here quickly. Uh, Carmilla, any last words? It it was lovely to see you. I'm glad everything's fine, but um, we definitely need to make our way out of here quickly. All right, well, send the bat signal if you should ever need me again. I I, I shall. I'll uh, I'll give her the old, uh, you went uh, that away. (laughs) That would be marvelous and i speed off very well <laughs> all right i'm just gonna say bye to carmilla and just rush off to the cart bye guys exit stage phantom <laughs> carmilla waves like a princess at you as you leave as you're pulling the cart around you hear very faint off in the distance her yelling at the top of her lungs a panic is in my eyes and i shout run we are the outcasts, misfits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste for the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid. We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it. Just another haunted night Shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified You know who to call The world is falling apart We'll never take it to heart So monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all Let's all have a ball Thank you for listening to this episode of Dean Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Listen to the end for this episode's blooper. Follow us on Reddit at r slash dndarkpodcast and on Instagram and TikTok at dndark underscore podcast. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by leaving us a review on ratethispodcast.com slash dndark so we can get this podcast into more people's ears. Dean Dark's cast is Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, Aaron Cawfold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, and Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein Monster. 
This episode also featured Janae Pellerin as Carmilla Karnstein. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios, Las Vegas. Listen to new episodes of Dean Dark Wednesdays anywhere you find podcasts. Imhotep kind of looks back where Maleva's coming from, looks at the carriage, looks back at Maleva one more time, looks at Carmilla, shrugs, then sprints towards the carriage. As you walk past the nest, the surviving vampire twin who is mourning over his brother looks up at you and says, no. Oh, have you been working out? <laughs> oh my god. It suits you. <laughs> like it. Like it suited my brother Cleo. He bursts into oh. tears and then wipes the tears oh. away. As, no, they can't see me cry. <laughs> and we're not even looking over there. <laughs>